Morning, everybody. Uh, it is good to see you all. Uh, slightly un unusual. I've certainly never uh, preached from the Gateway Centre here uh, on a Sunday morning to a to a TV about two feet in front of my face. Um, but I can see all of your lovely faces on the Zoom call, um, and and it's great. Thanks to those of you who are currently waving at me. Uh, it's good to see you all, uh, including my own children potentially somewhere on there. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be back here in this room. Um, it's a little bit strange, to be honest. You know, I, I think one of the biggest things, you know, if when we can have more of you in here uh, as a congregation together, one of the biggest things is, is fighting the urge to sing. That is still one of the restrictions. Um, trying to find ways to worship God without actually singing. Um, it, it, it doesn't come naturally, but I think that maybe God wants to do something in us at this time, actually, just teaching us how can we worship him without, um, without singing, raising our voices. You can still speak, you can still use your, your body, your hands, but um, anyway, all, all kinds of challenges in this season, um, aren't there? Uh, I, I think, um, I don't know about you, we, we had a few different projects that we um, kind of took uh, upon ourselves over the period of lockdown, when lockdown was at its kind of stringent, most stringent in terms of restrictions. And uh, one, of, one of our fun ones, uh, I don't know if anyone else maybe did this, Disney Plus was kind of a, a fairly new thing back then. Uh, we, I somehow managed to persuade my wife Rona um, to watch all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films in chronological order. Um, and uh, and we made our way through those. That was a great fun project. If anyone else wants to do that, some of you might have done it already. Um, but more recently, one of the things we've been doing is uh, we we actually both of us are really interested in travel. We just don't do a huge amount of it, and we don't get to do a huge amount. Um, but we found completely random, but found a, a couple who uh, who have made a living out of traveling full time. Don't know how they do it. But, uh, but they document their travels on YouTube, and you can watch uh, four years of their travels, and they're still doing it today, apparently. And, uh, and they just travel around the world getting paid to do this, and you get to be part of it by them videoing themselves doing it. We find it really interesting just being opened up to kind of cultures and stuff, but one of, one of the really interesting things that, that I have uh, kind of observed about myself as we've watched these documentaries is that when I see them in close proximity to other people, so there are times where they'll get on a subway in a crowded city and they're jam-packed with other people, and my instant reaction is like, you can't do that. Have you not heard of social distancing? Like, that's not safe. I have these instinctive reactions now to seeing this. And then I remember that this was filmed four years ago when social distancing wasn't a thing at all, was it? It, it was... Like, that's a new word to us in the last six months, isn't it? A new term. Um, but I, I don't know about you, but I found myself just kind of reacting to things I see on TV where people are not social distancing, um, even if it was filmed historically. And, uh, and, and the reality is that this whole way of living, this social distancing thing, has become a way of life quite easily and quite quickly, hasn't it? We're six months in now, and it feels almost like the norm now is to try and stay distant, to try and stay safe, to try and limit our interactions with other people. Uh, you've probably experienced all kinds of changes to your daily life. 
because of these restrictions, whether it's, you know, you find yourself just giving people a little bit of extra room when you put, walk past them in the street, whether it's that kind of heartbreaking moment when your children, when you meet up with friends um, somewhere safe, outdoors or whatever, that your, your children kind of ask you first, am I allowed to cuddle these people or not? Am I allowed to touch them? This is all kind of normal way of life now. Maybe for you, it's when you're in a, a shop or a supermarket, just that kind of instinctive reaction when even if you've both got masks on, you're looking at a shelf in front of you, what product you want to buy, and uh, and somebody leans across you within your two-meter space, and you just kind of bristle at this. These are all normal parts of our everyday life now, aren't they? And the reality is life has changed, and our church life has changed as well, hasn't it? The way we do church, the way that we are church, has changed significantly. Um, for, for me, one of the things I've, I've realized for us personally as a family, we've got out of the habit of having people round for a meal, something we love to do but just haven't been able to do. We're out of the habit of that. Most of us, and including myself, are out of the habit of getting up and out and to the Gateway Centre on a Sunday morning, um, kind of up and out early. We've got used to sitting in our comfy clothes and our comfy living room engaging with a service. We're out of the habit of getting up and out to come together uh, to worship. Um, and, and I think, you know, even as well, to be honest, one of the things I've observed about myself in this season uh, is that, and, and I, I don't want to like portray myself as being somebody who was like super spiritual or anything before lockdown hit, but there were definitely times where I just felt kind of compelled to, in my daily life, as I'm interacting with people, at least be mindful of like, how can I build a connection here with somebody? How could I just try and start to build a, a relationship with this person with the intention of just wanting to demonstrate or share something of God's love with people? Could I get to the opportunity? For me, often a good opener is like telling people what I do for a living and then that might lead to something else and with the aim of either praying for them or sharing something with them. And, and there have been times where I've been, you know, been looking to do that I've, as I've gone about my daily life. To be completely honest, in lockdown, the thing that dominates my thinking whenever I'm out and about now with people I don't know is actually how can I keep myself and you safe? That is the, the prevailing thought that kind of is, is there the entire time I am having interactions with other people. I don't know if it is uh, the same for you, but here's the thing that, that I'm just growing a little concerned about, and it's that habits are not easily broken are they? We know that to be true. These things in six months have become quite ingrained in our thinking and in our behaviours. And, and, and I just wonder, you know, if slash when a vaccine becomes available and, you know, there, there might come a point somewhere down the line where there is an announcement made that we no longer have to, have to do social distancing if and when that point comes, do you, do you think it's going to be easy to revert back to kind of the old normal? Do you think it's going to be, we'll quickly get back into these healthy habits, these disciplines? I know some things we will do very quickly, won't we? The things that are like we've been desperate to do, grandparents hugging your grandchildren or whatever else it is you've just not been allowed to do that you're longing to do. But, but the things that take a little bit more discipline, I, I know for us, like the discipline of hospitality, of having people around, 
Um, some of the other things, the discipline of getting up on a Sunday morning and out, kind of going to church instead of turning church on, um, those kind of things. I, I just wonder, I'm not sure they're going to come back as easily and quickly as we might assume, because we are creatures of habit, aren't we? And these things um, take some time. And the reality is that the nature of these habits we have, they're not just about our behaviors, are they? They're, it's about our thinking, actually. I, I just, I am concerned that our thinking will have become quite entrenched in terms of fear and keeping our distance and how do we keep safe from other people. Now, I, I know you've probably not, you know, tuned into our service this morning, become and, come and participating in our service this morning to, to kind of hear me moan about the future or kind of present doom and gloom. You, you're thinking and hoping, you know, what's God saying to us in this season? That's certainly my hope and prayer. And for us as, as leaders, we are asking the same question. God, in this season right now, how are you using these circumstances to teach us something? Or in the midst of these trials, what is it you're wanting to say to us? What is it you're trying to emphasize to us by your spirit? And over the coming weeks, uh, today, I'm kicking off a new series called One Body. And we're going to be looking at some of these verses uh, that, that from 1 Corinthians 12, um, that, that Paul writes to the church in Corinth, there are various different themes that we think God is just wanting to speak to us about um, from these verses in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul presents a picture of the church as the body of Christ. And, and lots of different themes will emerge over uh, the coming weeks. You, you may well know that in the New Testament, there are several of these images um, of the church given to us. Um, so we, we have the body of Christ, we have the family of God, we have the army of God, we have the bride of Christ, we have the house or the temple of God. And each one just kind of gives us a, a different emphasis on the nature of what it means to be God's people, to be the church. And, uh, and so I want to I wanna read through uh, this morning, just a, a few of these verses from 1 Corinthians 12, um, and uh, they should come up on the screen here. So we're going to start at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts that make up, uh, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, who are non-Jews. Some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Uh, like I said, there'll be various different themes uh, that, that come out of this passage in the coming weeks, and different people... Um, kind of teaching out of this passage. But I, I want to focus in on, on one 
aspect of this image that is really, really obvious. Like, I almost feel embarrassed to talk about this because it is so obvious. But I think it's important, and I feel like God just wants to emphasize it to us today. And, and, and this is my main point. Like, if you're going to take away one thing today, um, this, this is kind of the big idea, okay? And it's this, that what makes a body a body is that the parts are connected together in the right way. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Like, what makes a body a body is that the parts are connected together in the right way. You know, if, if I were to walk into a hospital uh, waste disposal room, maybe a little bit morbid, this is a, an analogy, but if I were to walk into a, a hospital waste disposal room on, uh, on amputation day, I would potentially see lots of different body parts lying around. I would not see a body. You would have all these various different parts. It, it, what makes a body a body is the parts being connected together in the right way. And I want to suggest this morning that we, the church, are only truly being the body of Christ if we are connected together in meaningful ways. If we are connected together as individual parts, we make up the body of Christ. We're talking about meaningful relationships here between each part of the body, where each person, each part is known and is loved. If we're, if we're not that, we're, we're not being the body of Christ. What makes the body a body is the fact that we are connected together. What makes the church the church is that each part is connected in a meaningful way with the rest of the body. And why is this so relevant today? Well, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? But this pandemic, the restrictions that we are living under, has restricted our relationships in many ways, hasn't it? It is harder to meet up with people. We have been encouraged to limit our interactions with other people. But my sense at this season, at this point in, in history, is that God is, is kind of asking us, will we, will we settle for something less than the best body of Christ than he has for us? Like, will we settle for something less than? Will we settle for you know, joining our, our participation in the life of the church being I tune in once a week and, and watch someone's religious programming. That doesn't feel like the body of Christ to me. That doesn't feel like meaningful relationships. I, I, I don't want to be, you know, I, I always dislike, you know, kind of criticizing any other church because God warned me once that it's the equivalent, if we're criticizing the bride of Christ, it's like criticizing another man's wife. It's just something you don't tend to do. Um, but if any church has, has, has like tried to persuade you that by tuning in for an hour to their YouTube service once a week, that makes you part of their church, then I think they're selling you short, actually. <laughs> like they're, they're trying to convince you that you're part of a church. That's not, that's not being a church. That's just watching somebody's, you know, some organization's program, isn't it? It's it, me watching Liverpool Football Club on the TV does not make me part of a Premier, Premier League title winning team does it? It makes me a spectator. And I want to suggest that church is so much more than just once a week coming together to watch something 
at the same time. It is about the way that we are connected together in meaningful relationships where every part is known and loved and where we are knowing and loving others. So what can we do in this season to to invest in and to build and to grow and to work on these connections we have to the other parts of the body? How can we build these meaningful relationships? Well, today I want to give two practical steps. Well, one of them is less practical, but two steps um, that, that I think will help us if, if our heart is to say, yes, we want to be the body of Christ. We don't just want to watch a church service together. We want to be in meaningful relationships with one another. These are two steps that I think we can take. The first one is this. It is start with love, okay? I want to suggest that, that if our kind of the way we go about this, if it's a kind of, oh, I must connect with so-and-so, or I should love so-and-so, or I'm going to try my hardest in my own strength to build a relationship with others in the church, I want to suggest we're going to fall short. That's not going to get us very far at all. When you gave your life to Jesus, you were born again. You became part of a a new family, a new body, the, the body of Christ, but you are also given a new nature. You, you were given a new identity. Uh, you were reborn. And this nature, this new identity that you have been given is, is, is one that is founded on love. It is your sinful self has been taken away and instead you've been given the spirit of Christ. And, and, and now your new identity, you know, we know that God is love. We know that, that, that when Jesus was asked to summarize the commandments, he talked about love. We know that the new commandment he gave to us was to love one another. This, this whole new identity that we've been given and the, the nature of church is founded on love, on love for one another. And so we need to be leaning into that identity if we're going to be, try, you know, if we want to do better at our relationships with one another, if we want to be more connected to one another, if we want these meaningful relationships, we need to lean into that new identity of love that God has given us. We need to start with love. And, and I want to suggest that's what Paul would be saying as well, because in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he, he describes this, he gives us this image of the, the church as the body of Christ. And he describes it and he talks about some of the gifts. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll come into that in, in future weeks. Um, but then in 1 Corinthians 13, or at the end of chapter 12 into 1 Corinthians 13, he's described the body of Christ and how it works and all the rest of it. And then he says this. He says, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing." Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. 
prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. This is where Paul takes the image of the body of Christ. He leads into this thing of love. Why? Because this love, starting with the love that God has given us and the, the love, therefore, that he will give us for one another has to be the starting point for this meaningful connection with one another when it comes to being the body of Christ. And there's a line in there, isn't there, about um, love does not demand its own way. When you stop and think about this on a really practical level, you, you know, if every single one of us if, if, our, if our starting point here was, was, well, I want to be in relationship, in meaningful relationships with others in the church. I want to be known and loved. And we sat around waiting for that to happen. If all of us did that, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? But none of us would feel known and loved. None of us would be in meaningful relationships with one another. If we want to be the body of Christ connected together in meaningful ways, we have to take this selfless approach of, of thinking about the other person rather than our own needs. We have to think about how can I show that person that they are known and loved? How, how can I deepen my relationship with that person rather than thinking, how, how can I be loved? Who's going to love me? Who's going to show me that I matter? So the first step I think we need to take is to start with love. The second thing I want to suggest is we need to uh, get creative. The reality is that, yes, restrictions, the restrictions placed upon us in this pandemic have limited and some of the aspects that we would, you know, the normal ways we do church are kind of out the window, aren't they? We, we know that to be true, but there are still some things that we are allowed to do and there are still some freedoms that we can use if we get creative to invest in and build relationships with other people. The reality is that, you know, opposition, obstacles, persecution, challenges, they've never stopped the church before in history. Somebody was telling me recently about the church in China at the point that they hit and kind of opposition and persecution started to ramp up. They adapted, they got creative, they started meeting in smaller groups in homes and they went completely underground. And what did that lead to? It led to rapid multiplication uh, and growth of the church in China. They adapted to their circumstances when faced with a challenge in front of them and God used it. I think in terms of our relationships with other people, we just need to get creative about what that looks like. And, and here's the thing, I, I, I want to just kind of hone in on as we, we kind of come into the end here really, but the, the message that has been drilled into us over the last few months, um, I, I, I really am not criticizing the government here at all. I would not want to be having to make decisions about this whole pandemic in terms of the government. I think we, you know, we should be praying for them still to make good decisions. I, I would not want to be in that position at all. And I am really reluctant to criticize at all. But the messaging that has, has kind of come through, and it's the same the world over, it's not just our, our kind of country, but it's been about stay home, stay safe, stay alert. The, the very kind of phrase, social distancing, <laughs> or self-isolation, all of these words, all of the terminology has been about kind of just 
kind of pulling up the barricades, as it were, about raising the drawbridge, about limiting our relationships and our interactions with other people for our safety and their safety. And I'm sure that's been necessary to stop the spread of this virus. But, but the messaging is really important because the messaging is the thing that we kind of take in and begins to shape our thinking as well as our behaviors. And for six months now, we have been taught social distance, social distance, social distance. And, and the reality is, if when you take a step back from that, social distancing is the, the exact opposite approach that we want to have as followers of Jesus, right? Like we want to be relational people with one another and with people out there who don't yet know Jesus. We want to be, you know, kind of moving towards people socially. And yet time and time again, we're, we're talking about social distancing. I think we, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to kind of call for civil disobedience here or ignoring restrictions or taking unnecessary risks. There is still plenty of things that we can do practically uh, under the current restrictions to build relationships. But, but I think we maybe need a bit of a mindset change here because all we've been thinking about and talking about for a long time is how do you keep yourself safe by isolating yourself from other people. And, and, and I just think if we want to be the body of Christ, we want to be in meaningful relationships with one another, we're going to have to get out of the mindset of fear around keeping our distance from other people, around how do I keep you and me safe? Yes, we're not advocating taking silly risks here, but I think there's something there for me about the messaging and how we need to kind of just refined ourselves as the body of Christ. No, I am made for relationship with others. And so I want to invest in relationships with others. And you know what, there'll be some things that we do structurally to, as, as a church, as an organization to try and make this more possible and some, some things that we will try and get up and running again. But really, more importantly, I think this is about each one of us thinking, how can I be creative about building relationships with other people, about deepening my connection with others. There are plenty of things that we can do practically, whether it's meeting, you know, kind of outdoors in up to two households or up to six individuals. You can now have people around to your home um, under the restrictions and you can keep your distance uh, within a home, but but you can have people round. Uh, there are all kinds of different things we can do. Uh, it doesn't have to be about meeting up physically with other people either. I, I just looked um, this week and there are 233 people who are registered on Church Suite, have given their details um, to the church office here and are kind of being communicated with. 214 out of those 233 have made their contact number visible to everyone else on Church Suite. That is the vast majority of the church have said to the rest of the church, here is my number. I just think, you know what, maybe, maybe this is about saying all of these people I haven't seen in a long time, they're just one phone call away, one text message away, one WhatsApp message away. There are all kinds of creative ways that, that we could, you know, I, I don't want to be too prescriptive here, but I think we, we just need to think creatively about how can I invest in connections and relationships with other people within the church. I, I want to give us a challenge, okay? And, uh, and you, you have full permission at this point to, to get out an electronic device, um, if it's your phone, if you've got a phone, because I'm going to encourage you to set yourself a reminder. 
um, if you have some kind of smart device that can do that, okay? So I, I can see you all on Zoom, and I want to see you with your phone out. Normally, I would really be offended if you were sitting you know, on your phone uh, while listening, but I'm encouraging you to get your phone out and to set yourself a reminder. And, and I, I think, you know, John has mentioned already that this week is Life Group Leader Appreciation Week, and, and you can tie this in absolutely. But I don't know about you, sometimes we get issued with these challenges on a Sunday, and then we go away from here and we forget about them immediately. So I would love you to consider setting a reminder on your electronic device. Uh, and, and the reminder is to challenge you each day, set a reminder for first thing in the morning when you're going to be up and about, whether I don't know what time that is for you. But the challenge would be, here's the question, how can I show one person today that they are known and loved? Really simple. Each day, start the day with that question. How can I show one person today that they are known and loved? If you want to set yourself a reminder on your phone to do that, uh, then that would be great. And you'll be going about the day looking for that opportunity just to show somebody, to demonstrate to, to somebody, to tell somebody that they are known and loved. And, and that will just help us in terms of building these meaningful relationships and connections with one another. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to just kind of wrap things up here, but, but I think what, what I want to just kind of emphasize again is that, you know, the, the church isn't an institution or a club that you're a part of. The, the church is a, a body. This is the image we're given here. It's a living thing. It's an organism. And, and, and the thing about living things is that, is that they can adapt to their circumstances to thrive in that new environment that they inhabit. We are living as a church and as the church across the world in, in new circumstances. Our environment has changed here in a significant way and we need to adapt to it. We can't just carry on doing the same. We can't just wait around wishing that life would go back to normal. <laughs> we need to think creatively here. You know, Sunday mornings when everyone used to gather here, I know that I used to I quite enjoy just going around saying hi, good morning to people. Don't get to do that anymore. New people coming in would like to, you know, we, we like to go up to them and say, hi, how come you're here? Nice to see you. Welcome to our church. We don't get to do that anymore. We need to think creatively about how we continue to be church in this new environment that we live in. And you know what? When we do that, when we start with love, when we recognize that we've been loved first and we want to show that love to, to others, when we get creative, the church is an unstoppable force. We are a, a force for good in this world that is completely unstoppable. And you know what? There is every chance here that if we continue to listen to the Holy Spirit, to be led by him, that we will come out of this whole crisis, the other side of this in a better place, in a stronger place. And we'll just continue to grow and build and to see God's kingdom come uh, in this world. So I'm just going to wrap things up there and I'm going to pray for us. Uh, and then we're going to spend some time worshiping and John will lead us through communion as well. Father, we thank you for church. We thank you for this, this image that Paul gives us of the church as the body of Christ. And we pray that over the coming weeks, you would speak to us powerfully as a church about, about what is it about being the body of Christ that you want to emphasize to us, you want to show us. And we pray, Father, that, that you would just help us to continue to be connected in meaningful ways with one another, despite these circumstances that we are currently experiencing.
God, would you give us the creativity, but also the, the kind of supernatural love in our hearts for one another that would compel us to get creative about investing in our friendships and relationships with one another. God, we need your strength and your power by your spirit to do this. And so we come to you empty-handed in our own weakness, knowing that we need your strength to be the kind of church you want us to be. But God, we thank you that you're with us in it all. We thank you that you saw this pandemic coming and that you have every confidence in your church, the body of Christ, that we will come through the other side of this in a good place. So we thank you, God, that you are with us in it all. Amen.